0: Hi, I'm Sammy Eisberg, and we are here with Dustin Geiger, so we're just going to jump right into this. So who are you and who do you currently play for?
1: Hi, Sammy. Thanks for having me on, buddy. Um, well, like you said, I'm Dustin Geiger. Uh, right now I play for the Leones de Yucatan in the Mexican Summer League, as well as the uh, Naranjeros de Hermosillo in the uh, Mexican Pacific League. Uh, what position do you currently play, and what did you play growing up? So right now I play third base primarily. I'll also play some first base. Every once in a while i get a DH. Um or designated hitter day where I can just kinda chill and just hit. Uh growing up I played pretty much every position though. Um, you know, when I was younger I was, you know, shortstop, I was a kid that threw hard and you know, was I guess a little bit better at the game than other guys, so that's kinda where they slotted slotted me and I played third base as well. Um, I think when I was like ten years old was the first time I really started playing third every day. And uh yeah, kind of just carried my way through till now. So it was your
0: favorite position growing
1: up? favorites always been third base um i don't really know why i don't know if it's just the, the that you have no reaction time you know when a ball is hit hard at you and you just kind of kind of make the play you don't have time to think and uh yeah so third base was always i was i was i was pretty decent at it so you know that that helped a little bit <laughs> if you can go back in time and leave a
0: note for your like eighth grade self that, like i mean right now what would you say to yourself
1: <sighs> just you got a you got a long road ahead you know, just to stay to it, stick to it. Um, you have a lot of work to do. There's always, there's so much that has to be done. There's so much competition and, um, <clears throat> you know, it's just, just one of those things you just got to keep, keep grinding for, for lack of a better term. What is your in season slash off season, uh, training look like? So my off season training is definitely a lot heavier than, um, in season, in season, we, we typically try to just maintain, maintain our movements, maintain our strength level where it's at. We're not trying to gain too much, um, but in the off season, you know, we're, we're in the gym five to six days a week. Um, you know, a couple of those days are typically movement days where we're, you know, sprinting or, um, working on mobility and stuff like that with four days, primarily being heavy focus on just getting stronger, you know, getting my body back ready for, um, ready for a long, a long season ahead. Yeah. Who is the best baseball player you ever shared
0: the field with and why were they the best?
1: So I've played, I've shared the field with a lot of major league baseball players. Um, you know, I think the best known baseball player that I've shared a field with would have to be Chris Bryant. Um, you know, he's, his accolades, you know, speak for themselves. He was a golden spikes award winner his junior year at San Diego, um, his first full season in the minor leagues, he was the minor league player of the year. His first full season in the big leagues, he was the rookie of the year. And then the year after that, he won the, the world series and an MVP. So, you know, from an accolade side and from a, just a straight up talent side, it would have to be Chris. Um, but you know what? I've worked, with? I've played alongside a lot of great ball players that either just have a cup of coffee in the big leagues, you know, a little bit of time or um, haven't even made it to the big leagues yet. Uh, you know one of my one of my best friends is Anthony Agiansani. Incredible ball player out of Siena College in um I think it's out, I want to say it's in Connecticut up in the northeast and um you know he wasn't drafted. He got drafted his junior year by the A's but it was late rounds. You know so he decided to go back to school, finish up his his uh his degree there and then wasn't actually drafted as after his senior year. So he had to go back. So he signed as a free agent. He had a couple teams you know, a couple teams interest and he signed as a free agent with the Cubs. And you know, he's just, just, he's just the definition of a grinder. Like he, you know, every single day he's doing something to get himself better, whether it's in the weight room, in the batting cage, you know, mentally, something, something to make him better. Um, you know, on, and on top of that, he's, you know, a great person and just a great teammate, you know, and, and the, I remember they did an article on him, um, just saying how many of his roommates actually made it to the big leagues. And at that point when they did the article, I think it was something like 80% 80 of the guys that he had roomed with up to that point had already made it to the big leagues. And, uh, he's, you know, he's still grinding away. He played down in Mazatlan in the winter in Mexico. And, uh, I think he's re-signing with, with Sugarland in the, uh, the Atlantic league, you know, still just waiting, still waiting for that shot. What do you carry in your baseball bag? And what's your like favorite equipment that you have? Oh, geez, man. I, you know, I carry everything, (laughs) everything I need for that day. Um, it'll vary sometimes, but, you know, I always have my, my game glove, my game third base glove, my game first base glove, and then typically one glove that I'm still working on breaking in. Um, <clears throat> you know, I have my Evo shield stuff that I wear to kind of keep me, keep me safe. You know, a lot of the old school guys kind of rip on us for, for wearing all our gear and stuff. And, but you know, guys throw harder now. So, so that's that, um, my favorite, my favorite piece of gear I mean, they're, they're all tools of the trade. I don't know if I can pick just one. You know, I'm kind of one-sided towards my hitting. It's kind of the favorite thing that I, you know, that I've done throughout my, uh, throughout my career. It's just been, you know, hitting is one of those things where, um, when you do it successfully and, you know, you square that ball up perfectly and you hit the ball in the air and it goes over the fence and the crowd goes wild, you know, that's kind of one of the coolest feelings I think ever. Um, you know, outside of, you know, getting married, having a kid and like all the, all the important life goals, you know? So, uh, but yeah, that's one of the coolest feelings. And, uh, so, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's my baseball bats. Those might, those might be my favorite things that, you know, that I, that I pull out of the bag. So what's your, uh, definition of the mental game and what do
0: you incorporate into your mental game?
1: So for me, anything, when you talk about mental game is what goes on in between your ears, you know, whether it's, um. What happens when you wake up? What's your plan for the day? Whether it's, okay, well, I gotta get my breakfast in. I gotta get this. Like, I gotta meet this calorie intake. So, I mean, your game starts at home. Um, and then, you know, we build it into when you get to the stadium, when you're going through your work, um, can you stay disciplined mentally and stay locked in in order to get your work in? You know, when, whether it's a, a coach that you don't fully agree with or, um, you know, you just, You got other stuff on your mind. Being able to lock into that, just into your daily work is uh is huge. And then we bring it to the game. Um, mentally preparing for each at bat when you're in the on deck circle. Um when you are in between pitches, you know, the umpire makes a bad call. Does that completely take you out of your out of your element or can you lock in and get ready for that next pitch? You know, that's that's being mentally tough. What attribute do you current, uh, success to? Like, what do you,
0: what do you attribute to your current success to where you are right now?
1: Dude, there's a lot of stuff. Um, you know, it's the hours, the hours upon hours of off-season training. Um, you know, in the weight room as well as, as well as in the cage, you know, the mental stuff that we're able to work on, just conversations that I get to have, you know, with, with people in the game. You know, we have these, these Instagram accounts where we can go back and forth with, you know, guys that we've, we've played with or, um, you know, some of the coaches and just trying to learn some of their expertise. So, you know, that little stuff, just searching out, searching out data and information and trying to get smarter about the game, um, on both sides of things, stuff that you agree with as well as stuff that you, you disagree with, you know, learning the old philosophies of, of how hitting goes and, and what was that trying to accomplish? And now, and then looking at the newer side of our data and the video collection and everything that we have and being able to, to incorporate that into it. You know, that, that's just a learning aspect of, of the game that plays such a big role in, I think myself, even becoming a better ball player. Um, because without that, me trying to, trying to learn the game itself and, and how it all works, you know, i I don't know where I would be right now. Probably wouldn't be playing.
0: (laughs) So this is going to be our last question. Uh, what do would you tell your kid after a game that they would struggle?
1: Um, you know, you treat every game as a learning experience. Um, there's, there's gotta be one good thing you did that day. You know, whether it's you took a pitch in the dirt or, um, you know, you made a nice play in defense, you made the routine play routinely to, to use a cliche there. Um, you know, just to, to build off of the good, to, to think about the bad and absorb the bad, but then think about it. How can I change it? And then get rid of it. You know, d- deposit it out the back of the car as you're, as you're getting in and going home. And then don't bring it back up. You know, don't, don't harp yourself on the negatives. So just, you know, focus on the positive. This game is so hard at every single level. You know, nobody's ever going to bat a thousand whether it's coach pitch or in the big leagues, nobody's ever going to do everything perfectly every single time. So just, just build off the positive, lock in on one thing that day that you did well and, and build off of it. Perfect. Thank you so much for being here and just doing this. Absolutely. Sammy. Thanks for having me, buddy.
2: I'm Bobby Tewksbury, and this is your hitting tip from HittingDaily.com. Hitters don't need to be on time once, they need to be on time twice. The first time you need to be on time is to pitch release. The second time you need to be on time is at contact. The challenge with hitting is the time between pitch release and contact will vary based on the pitch that's thrown. A fastball will arrive quicker, and off-speed pitch like a curveball or changeup will arrive slower. As a hitter, you need to work to gather to be on time for pitch recognition first. We can control these moves, we can do them early, and we can get ready to see the pitch. How we get ready will define how we respond to the pitch. So you have to understand how your barrel's moving, how your hips are moving, how all of your body parts are getting ready to make your swing. Use video to look at your movements as the pitch is getting released, and compare that to what the best hitters in the game do. You can make adjustments, with these early actions to give yourself the best opportunity to be on time. Good luck.
0: Hey, it's Sam here. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, I would like to ask for your help. Tell me what questions you would like answered. If you could also take a moment to review the show. The algorithms are taking into account how many ratings and reviews I get. The more reviews, the more people they restore the podcast with. This week, I would like to thank Nava, Bobby, and Scott for their reviews. And don't forget to play ball, kid.